Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Good morning, everyone. We're so glad that you have joined us on this Sunday before Thanksgiving. And wasn't that a great video? That little girl, man, it brings back memories. All of the questions that start with why. Mm. Well, before we bake any uh, pies or carve any turkeys, isn't this a wonderful season to just stop and say, God, thank you. Thank you for all of our blessings. I actually did that. I started writing them out. And I thought, I'm going to get to 100. When I got to 75 and my hand was cramped, I thought, mental reflection is good. And I just was overwhelmed with a sense of joy because God has been so good to us. And I know he's been so good to me. And somebody in history that I enjoy reading about understood gratitude. Her name is Helen Keller. Now, I don't know if you know much about her, but she was born in 1880. When she turned 18 months, as as an infant, she developed what was called brain fever. It left her deaf and blind. At first, it was overwhelming to her and to her family, of course, as a child, but with the help of someone like Ann Sullivan, the great teacher, uh, and actually using water from a pump, helped her understand how to fingerspell. It was an incredible part of her story. But what really blew my mind was she was determined. She graduated high school. Helen Keller graduated from college in 1904. In fact, Helen Keller was the first deaf and blind person to graduate from college. And during her education, she wrote her biography And that helped her to become known throughout the world. And for 87 years, Helen Keller tirelessly worked to help the world understand all of the potential that people who were disabled, especially the deaf and the blind, had to offer to others. Keller once said this, it's unforgettable. There is no better way to thank God for your sight than by giving a helping hand to someone in the dark. I want to talk about one of my favorite subjects today. I want to talk about gratitude and generosity. I think most of us realize that we are blessed in in wonderful ways, but I don't want to just talk about how those blessings can be turned into giving. I want to talk about how God blesses us not just to give, but to be generous. In fact, did you know this? Generosity is a shareable gift from God. In Acts 20, 35, we're told that we're not only blessed to receive, but we're even more blessed to give. And that's why I like Helen Keller. She was right. There's no better way to thank God for our sight and all of the blessings than to be generous and kind to others. And that's what it means to be all in. That's what it means to really be ready, all of us, to give. That's why we've titled this 
uh, standalone message today, All In, All Give, because we need to stop, especially before the holidays, we need to be reminded that we are so blessed that God says, if you're all in, I'm going to give to you so that you can give to others and actually learn how to be generous. It's one of the most beautiful things we can ever learn in this life. And to do it, I'm going to tap into three truths that Jesus himself taught on three separate occasions, and they're all found in the Gospel of Luke. So I want to get started. Truth number one is found in this simple scripture. Jesus said, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Before we talk about tangible gifts, see, can we just stop a second and get this in our minds? Often, we think giving means giving something tangible, a gift, a present, or, or monetary resources. But giving starts with attitude. Verse 38, you know that part where Jesus said about pressed down, shaken together, and running over? Verse 38 is quoted often by pastors and by Christians, but it's a teaching that can't stand alone. In this passage, Jesus was literally teaching about the need to choose not to be, did you get that? Not to be judgmental. Now here was the problem. The Pharisees, or the teachers of the law, had a critical attitude about everyone without trying to understand anyone's life, the shoes that they were walking in. And let's, let's just be honest with ourselves. It's easier to make an assumption before we actually go to somebody and have an honest discussion. It's easier just to make an assumption. I can remember one of the most uh, trying moments in my life as a pastor, and I still reflect on it to this day. Uh, Kay and I, my wife, uh, and also a pastor, we, we were called out to a young couple's home, Tom and Relissa, and we were told when we got there that her sister had been killed in a car crash. It was horrific. And Tom was a state trooper, and the state police, his friends had stopped and told him. Kay and I came for spiritual support and prayer. And as, as I was hearing the story from this wonderful couple, especially from Tom, because his wife was so overwhelmed in the moment, but as I was listening, the Holy Spirit began to work in my heart, and I thought, something isn't right here. And I don't even know why I asked the question to this day, but I looked at Tom and I said, Tom, I know this will sound disrespectful, but I said, are you sure that Relissa's sister was in the car? He goes, well, we've been told by everyone that she was. It took about another 45 minutes to an hour, and then the report came. It wasn't her sister that had been killed, but her friend that she had loaned her car to. Now, it was still devastating. It was still devastating to everyone. But the shock of that night was based on assumptions and attitudes that were related to being so quick to judge. 
Jesus told his listeners, be careful. If you judge, you will be judged. If you condemn someone, you will be condemned. If you won't forgive, you won't be forgiven. Now, amazingly, though, Jesus puts his teaching in a positive framework. Did you hear that in the scripture? He said, if you do not judge, you won't be judged. If you do not condemn, you won't be condemned. If you forgive, you will be forgiven. Is it really true? Have you ever thought about that? Is that true? Even when we've tried to be the nicest people in the world, haven't you been treated badly? Here's the problem. When we choose to make assumptions and we listen to family and friends and other people, we have this tendency to make judgment calls that are rash. Jesus says, don't do it. Don't do it. In fact, here's what he actually says. Jesus is saying the focus of all God's blessings is God himself as the giver. And this is why our first truth is this. Our generosity must flow out of God's grace. God is the one who rewards the person who refuses to be judgmental. God is the one who gives to the person who refuses to, to condemn. And God is the one who generously forgives the person who willingly forgives. Regardless of how someone else treats us, our focus needs to be on God as the giver. It's not tit for tat. It's not, if you do this, I'll do this. No, no, no. Our relationship is God, and regardless of how other people treat us, we need to act like God acts with us. And if we will choose to be generous, making no assumptions, refusing to be judgmental, willing to forgive and not condemn, then God's generosity flows out of his grace to us. When was the last time somebody gave you grace that you didn't deserve? When was the last time that somebody said, even if it was a hard conversation, I love you and I care about you, and you knew it and I knew it, we didn't deserve grace, but somebody gave us grace because they weren't depending on us. They were depending on God. And this is where the God promise comes in from the passage. Now we can look at verse 38. God is ready to give generously. The all, I call it the all give. The all give is from God. But he needs us to be all in. And once we are all in, God gives according to the good measure we give to him. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, and pouring into our laps. But he makes this clear. By the little measure or by the big measure we choose, God's grace flows into our lives. God's grace can be so little if we clog the conduit of his grace. If we're the ones clogging it with judging and condemning and, and making assumptions, man, that conduit gets so narrow and, and God can't flow the grace to us that he wants. But listen to this. 
if we refuse to judge, if we give someone the benefit of the doubt, if we're willing to love others the way that God has loved us, if we're willing to uh, lean into hard discussions and choose to give God's grace, man, that conduit opens from God's grace and it, it's so enormous. God's grace, his flow of his grace is so enormous. It flows to us, pressed down, shaken together, running over into our laps. But listen, now this is key. This is so essential. Generosity doesn't begin with something that's tangible in our hands. It begins with love that flows out of God's grace. Okay. What's another truth about generosity? It comes from Jesus' teaching in Luke 8, 16 through 18. Jesus said, no one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Mm, like that. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have, will be taken from them. Here's the next truth. Our generosity must flow out of God's light. Now, the first truth was our generosity must flow out of God's grace, but as God's grace flows into our life, we have to be a light to others. Isn't this a, a really interesting passage? It's very, it's very cultural at first in the teaching because everyone would have understood what Jesus was saying. How ridiculous it would be to light a lamp and put it under a bushel, to hide it under a bed, to conceal the light. It, it, it would be ridiculous. Plus, if you put it under your bed, I think you'd catch it on fire. What Jesus was actually doing was explaining about the truth of God's word. That's what he was saying. But think of God's word differently because it was, it was a teaching that was focused on very specifically the belief in that Jesus was, Jesus is the Messiah. That's what this teaching was really about. And here's the reason. So many people in the Jewish faith didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. Now Jews all were excited to hear about the coming of the Messiah. They all wanted to, to hear about the, the, the Messiah. They, they couldn't wait till uh, the Messiah came into the world. Jesus goes, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. But people didn't believe it. And Jesus now teaches in this passage. He says, look, for years the coming of the Messiah was proclaimed loud and proud. And, and, and the Messiah has come. But you have to realize, you listeners have to realize that if you will not accept the truth, if you won't walk in God's light, God can't reveal more truth to you. Does, does that make sense, church? If, if you and I won't accept these secrets, 
from God. God has beautiful secrets he's ready to reveal. And the greatest of all is that Jesus is the Messiah. If you and I will believe that, that secret becomes a revelation of truth as we walk in God's light. That's crucial. But if we reject the truth, we cannot hide our secret beliefs from God. Have you ever thought this? I'm glad people don't know what I'm really thinking right now. Have you ever had that come to your mind? I'm glad people don't really know what I'm thinking about. Uh, I, I wouldn't want that to get out, right? You do realize that God hears all of our thoughts, knows all the things in our minds. It's actually a little unsettling at times, isn't it? But what is so exciting is this second truth. Our generosity must flow out of God's light. If we're willing to accept the truth of God's word, if we're willing to accept the truth of who Jesus Christ is, it's the beginning of light and life. And that's what Jesus was saying to his listeners. He says, come into the light. Don't hide in the dark. Don't get caught up in all of the, the gossip and the trends and the disbelief. Don't just go over here and, and talk to all of your, your, your family and friends. No, no, no. Walk in the light. And to really shore this teaching up, Jesus says in verse 18, he said, consider carefully how you listen and how you think. Now, the word consider in the Greek language means twofold. Beware and behold. It's a word of warning and a word of gratitude. The word listen means to hear and give an audience to. Here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, now, now listen to this. Whatever we give an audience to in our hearts and in our minds, it will either become a moment of warning or a moment of praise. Okay, did, did you hear that? It'll either become a moment of warning or a moment of praise. That's why Jesus says, consider carefully, beware, behold, listen, and make sure. In fact, Jesus actually ends this teaching by saying, God cannot be generous to us if we take for granted that regardless of how we act, God's going to bless us. Have you ever done that? Have you ever given more uh, time, more validity to something a friend said, a family member said, or to our own thoughts instead of really walking in the light of God's word? I mean, come on now, church. This, this is so important. Our generosity has to flow out of God's light. It can't flow out of things that we do in the darkness. God can't bless our secrets in the darkness. But God has these kingdom secrets that he wants to reveal to us if we're willing to walk in God's light. Can I tell one of my favorite stories? And it is not meant to be disrespectful. It is just meant to be a moment where I want to show you a revelation that God gave me. As part of a class that I was in in a master's program, I, I was in, uh, I had to go somewhere to a different style of, of church or religious belief. 
And I chose our local synagogue. I went to the rabbi, I talked to him, he was wonderful. He said, sure, come back on the Sabbath, which for them is Friday night into Saturday. He said, come back on, on Friday night and uh, worship with us. I came in, I wanna say this to you, that small congregation of Jewish believers were incredible, they were loving, they were accepting, they walked me through the paces. I, in fact, they, they were gonna read from a Hebrew Bible. I don't read Hebrew. I mean, I can study it, but I, I'm not fluent. And I had a Hebrew Bible in my hand. One older gentleman leaned over my shoulder and said, you're never gonna make it. You're, you're just never gonna make it. And he handed me a Bible in English. And, and I, had, uh, I had such a wonderful time. And at the end of the service, it was the Feast of Tabernacles that weekend. Go look that up in, in Old Testament history. And uh, they, they wanted to celebrate, and they invited me. I felt so honored. And, and these two older gentlemen had taken me under their wings within 45 minutes, and, and we were getting ready to walk out of the, the synagogue through the back way, and it was completely dark. Now, remember this about the incredible uh, brothers and sisters we have in the Jewish faith. When the Sabbath comes, they're not allowed to do anything that had not been pre-planned and pre-done. There was no work. So when we got to the hallway, the light wasn't on. And it was completely dark. And the rabbi was in the front of the line. I was in the very back of the line with my two new friends. And they're all talking. And they're like, why aren't we moving? Why aren't we going? Why aren't we moving forward? Let's go celebrate the Feast of the Tabernacles. But somebody started to pass the word. We can't see. The light's not on. All of a sudden, somebody in, in the middle of the line yells, we need a Gentile to turn on the light. My two new friends looked at me, they looked at everybody, and they go, we've got a Gentile to turn on the light. They said, would you do us the honor of turning on the light? And I did, and then I got a round of applause for simply turning on a light switch. And you know what? God revealed something to me in that moment. He said, Drew, I put you here to remind you, you must always walk in my light. Don't make assumptions. I was in a new setting. I could have easily made assumptions about my, my, my new Jewish friends. I could have taken things for granted. And I certainly could have blown it by talking about my Christian faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't want me to, 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 to offend people. Jesus didn't want me to make assumptions. Jesus wanted me to consider and to think clearly and to be there to celebrate. And in that moment, I didn't have to say a word for them to see the light of Christ in me. Why? Because generosity is about walking in God's grace. Generosity is about walking in God's light. And now we're ready for the last insight. In Luke 21, 1 through 4, it's one of the shortest but one of the most powerful, incredible moments of teaching for Jesus. Look at what he says. Jesus looked up. He saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly, I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. 
All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. Here's our third truth. Our generosity must flow out of God's blessings. Okay, now we're going to talk about tangible gifts. Whether it's finance, money, whether it's uh, a hug, uh, whether it's a handshake, uh, which, thank the Lord, we're doing a little more of those these days. But the teaching came out of this moment where Jesus and the disciples were at the temple. And there's two thoughts going on. One, was there a giving box? That would have been very traditional. And people would literally watch folks come forward to see what they dropped in. It's not very cool, but that's what people would do. Some scholars believe it was a giving room. And if it was a giving room, here's what would happen. Every time somebody dropped in their offering, it would be announced how much they gave. Can you imagine that in the church today? Okay, Pastor Drew gave a dollar. Can you imagine? Nobody would want that. And by, Oh, and by the way, we don't do that here. Just want you to be clear. Whether it was a giving room or a giving box, and I actually think it was a giving box, Jesus talks about this widow. Regardless of the matter of the gift that was given, Jesus draws attention to her because she gave two very small copper coins, or mites, as they were called. It was just a fraction of the day's wage. Jesus tells his disciples that the wealthy gave out of their abundance, but the poor widow woman gave out of her lack or her want. Maybe another way to put it today would be this. The wealthy gave out of their prosperity. The widow gave out of her deficiency. I really like how the message translates this. Let me read this verse again. Just then, he looked up and saw rich people dropping offerings in the collection plate. Then he saw a poor widow put in two pennies. He said, the plain truth is that this widow has given by far the largest offering today. All these others made offerings that they will never miss. She gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford. She gave her all. Do you know why? It was an all-in, all-give. She was giving out of the blessings God had given her. And I, I don't know this, but do you mind if I just imagine a little bit? I think in that moment and from then on, that woman never wanted for anything because she had been faithful to God. And you can't outgive God. The only way to know that is by trusting in him. Giving of yourself first and then giving of your resources. Our third truth is this. Our generosity must flow out of God's blessings. And I love you enough to tell you, I really think that we give based on how we view the blessings of God in our life. If we don't really think our blessings are great, if we think we deserve what we have, if we think we're the author and the, the worker for everything that we've earned or, or been able to buy, I think we've, again, shut down the conduit of God's blessings. Instead, what we have to realize is, 
is that God has given us everything that we have. He's the one that has blessed us. And before we ever give one penny of the money God has given to us, we have to understand that cheerful and authentic generosity flows out of God's grace. Cheerful and authentic generosity flows out of God's light, and cheerful and authentic generosity flows out of God's blessings. And this is a special Sunday. This is a Sunday where we ask everyone to be all in and all give. But I'm going to say something to you that may seem odd. God doesn't want you to give a penny back to his kingdom until you and I have given ourselves. He wants us to give the gift of ourselves to him first. And then, this may seem odd, but one of the greatest gifts God wants us to give others is to be open-minded, to be less judgmental, but don't miss this. We have to walk in the light of God's word. Please don't just read the Bible and start tearing out the pages mentally and spiritually that you and I don't like. Let's not do that. I actually thought about bringing in a Bible and tearing some pages out to make the point right now. I couldn't do it. I just couldn't bear to rip the pages out. We got to be all in to God's word. And only then can I boldly and lovingly ask you to do this. Give generously to the ministry of this, ministry, of this church, of the, of the Bridgewater uh, church ministry that you're a part of. And I want to stop. If you caught our, our teaching online, and this isn't your church home, and you have another church, give to them. They may not be asking for a special all-in, all-give, but wouldn't it be wonderful and surprising if you gave a, a special offering out of, out of the generosity of God's grace, out of the generosity of God's light, out of the generosity of God's blessing? Give to your church. But if this is your church home, then we're asking you to give. Now, if you're seeking and you haven't decided about a church, don't give a dime until you give yourself. That would be the greatest gift you could give today. In fact, you can chat us online. You can tell us you need prayer right now. Someone will pray with you right now online. If you're watching this on Sunday morning, we're, we're live with you online. And if you need to reach out to us, use the website. But give yourself Give to the, the ministry that you're a part of. But if this is your church home, I'm going to ask you to do this. When this video is over, go to the website, use the online giving, and give generously. Give a gift beyond. If you've been blessed with God's grace, and you've been blessed with walking in God's light, then give an extra gift. I know that Kay and I, my wife and I, are doing that today. We're giving beyond the tithe and the offerings that we already give each, each time that uh, we receive a paycheck. And now we're going to give to this ministry. Why? Why do we do it? Is it all about the money? Nope, not at all. It's all about the ministry. It's all about giving back to God. It's being reminded how selfish we can all be, but how good God always is. It's about generosity. And I'm not just asking you to give, I'm asking you to be generous with your attitude, generous with your love. Don't make assumptions in conversations this week. Be generous 
with the people that you're in relationship with. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Love them, care for them. And even when it's hard and difficult, work at it. Keep loving, keep giving, keep walking in the light of God's word. And just remember, we can't outgive God. The more we give to him in every way, even financially, the more God can give to us. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So would you do this this morning? Would you put your hands out? And let's just pray. God, our hands are open to receive and to give. Help us to be generous, God. All in, all ready to give because that's what you are to us. All in, all ready to give. And God, may we not uh, think twice, but may we just give as you have given to us and to love as you have loved us and to share your grace as you've shared that grace with us. Help us to walk in your light. And God, may we be ready to receive so that we can be a blessing to others. Our hands are open, so are our minds, our hearts are open. And we ask God, be generous with us so we can be generous with others. In your name, amen. I love you. You're amazing. What a wonderful season to give. On Thanksgiving, Christmas, wow, what a great time to give. And remember, God is watching and celebrating, and we are too. We love you, and until we see each other again, take heart and be transformed. Hey friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below, and you can check us out on our YouTube page, you can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.